This episode of uh, Talking with T-Bird on Robin's Podcast, Catching Up with Kelly Wigglesworth, is sponsored by our friends over at Word Forest. Download Word Forest for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. Keeping your body in shape is important, but it's also important to keep your mind shape. And I've been leveling up my focus with Word Forest. Word Forest is my new favorite game. It's a word puzzle app and it's free. Word Forest is an app made for word search addicts connect letters in any direction to form hidden word matches it has over 2,000 levels so you never get bored playing and it starts easy but gets harder as you get better and it's fun find as many words as possible to earn bonus coins and uncover hidden words word forest is a relaxing game with a nature setting and a great way to keep your mind sharp and grow your vocabulary put yourself to the test with this fun and addicting brain game right now word forest is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. It's the closest you'll get to a relaxing trip to Survivor Island doing puzzles and hanging out in nature. Stop mindlessly scrolling through social media and keep your mind sharp. Just go to the Apple or Google store and search for Word Forest. Download Word Forest for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. If you stay here and listen your life will never be the same Cause we're talking with T-Bird now And this T-Bird you cannot change Oh, this T-Bird you cannot change And things might Yeah, that's right. Talking with T-Bird is back. <laughs> and we have another great guest for you. We'll be catching up with Kelly Wigglesworth, two-time Survivor, of course, a legend from Survivor Borneo. We'll be here today. And the woman tracked her down. Here she is, the great Teresa T-Bird Cooper. <laughs> happy New Year. Can I still say that? We're still into January. No, you cannot. Hey, you cannot say Happy what? New Year anymore. Stop well, it. Stop what, it. Is, Somebody last week, last Friday, sent me, uh, <laughs> hey, oh, hey, Happy New Year. No, stop it. No, we're done. All right. So we're done? All right. We're what, done. What's the cutoff so I'll know for future? The 7th? I, I don't the know. What, you know what? I'll give you the till 15th? January 10th. That's it. Once we hit double digits in January, that's it. <laughs> all right. All right. That's it. All right. All right. That's it. It's oh, no gosh. longer happy or new. That this right. year, oh. this was this was a happy new year for five days. That's it. <laughs> then it's another same stupid year. All right. It's January. It's, we're into January, but we've got another great podcast Coming out to coming out today. Oh my gosh! Not for I'm anything. So this is the so, second podcast we've done this year. I've I know, already talked to you this year. One. Yeah, yeah, I know. But but this is another great one. This is yeah. a trailblazer. But we've, but we've already talked. This isn't our first time talking in 2021. No, I know, no, I know, I know. But it's the first time we've talked with another great person together. <laughs> what was Julie Berry? Because- <laughs> She was great. She was she was number one and she was wonderful. But yes, I mean, you and I talk and I text you often and I know you get tired of that. So but you can only imagine how I'm reaching out to our guests because I know before 
By the time we get started, they've had enough of me. You can only imagine. I, yes. I know you know the feeling already, right? Yes. You know the feeling. No, I, I don't and, know the feeling. But do you open with Happy New Year when you try to reach out to the guests? I have been. <laughs> I've been still doing that past the tenth. I will stop. That okay. might be why I'm not getting a lot of hits on our <laughs> guests because I'm still saying Happy New Year. I'm thinking yeah. that could be it. So, so Kelly, you know, I've not met Kelly before. Unfortunately, I did not get to play second chances with her. I would have loved to, but she seems to be very calm. She's very reserved, and I'm a little bit maybe not quite so reserved. So when she said that she would agree to do it. I've got to tell you how, what she said. Yeah. I sent her a, I sent her a message and asked her about doing a chat. And you know, I've got a reference, Rob, sure. Sister Nino and RHAP, even though Julie Berry wasn't sure that you were still out she here. Thought she thought I was you retired. had retired. Yeah. She thought you're retired. So I have to read exactly what Kelly said back because she said, very polite. She's always so polite. She said, thank you for the invitation. I don't know anything about Survivor. Seasons, players, etc. I don't know anything about other reality shows either. I don't have a TV. So if this is something that has anything to do with TV, I'm out. <laughs> well, as soon, Rob, and, and no, and, and again, she said it. This is exactly what she said, but she's been so polite and she's very direct, but in a great, sweet way. As soon as I got this message, I'm like, I want her. She's going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, and, and actually, she agreed to do it. And I just said, basically, I just sent her a message back saying, Kelly, no, all we want to talk about is you. That's all we want to do. And she is amazing. So I'm so glad we got her today. It's going to be super fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited about hey, that. Was, yes, what? So I want to ask you. What do you think, and this is kind of such as a broad question, and maybe some of the, the listeners can, can chime in on this. What do you think the future of Survivor would have been like if Kelly had have won instead of Rich? How uh, would that have shaped the Survivor community? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I do feel like that it would have affected uh, different games. I think a lot of people have uh, thought about this and that, you know, it really with Richard's win in the first season, sort of like, oh, okay, this is how you win. I, I do think that Survivor gameplay would have gotten there, but I feel like initially it wouldn't have been as uh, cutthroat in the you, early seasons. You don't think, yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been like, oh, Kelly is is the person setting the way forward on how to win, even if uh, Richard has got more credit for the alliance. Right. What do you think, T-Bird? Well, that's a good question. I like what I really love about Kelly is she's, you know, again, played at 22 years old, very outdoorsy. Um, even I mean, you read about her and you think she's going to go far into the game just because of her experience. In her age, um, I don't know. That's that's an interesting question. Maybe would we would see more? It would be more surviving than it has, you know, kind of gravitated more to you know a lot of the idols and mm -hmm. everything we're seeing now. Maybe I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe I hope it'll go back to being more about survival because mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of the fans want to see that. So. Maybe Kelly I, I don't know. I don't know about that. that. I think people want to see less twists, but I don't know if necessarily like, uh, you know, more about like uh, just uh, roughing it. 
Well, I guess I don't mean rushing. I just mean, I don't mean roughing it so much. I just mean where the players are actually playing together. Mm-hmm. And the game, their social game is, is what we're seeing more of, more than them, you know, running off looking for idols and, and doing all that. So maybe the social game I'm hoping to see more of. Okay. Like we saw in, in Borneo. So. All right. We'll see what she has to say about it. All right, T-Bird, we are going to get to Kelly Wigglesworth in just one moment. But first, let me take a moment and thank our sponsors of this podcast, our friends over at the Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed and power and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush and to show you just how quiet it is i'm going to use the theragun while i talk about it here we go all right it's good theragun time uh gonna work on some of my my tech neck that i get from looking at computers all day long oh relieving all the stress that in my daily life, whether you're an elite athlete or somebody like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or injury or just the stresses of everyday life like I have, uh, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns your behaviors and suggests guided routines. The Theragun is great. The first lady of podcasting is a fan as well, especially that when I uh, work out, I get really tight hamstrings. The Theragun is great for that in addition to feeling great on your neck and shoulders. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash RHAP right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's Theragun Theragun.com slash R-H-A-P. Theragun.com slash R-H-A-P. All right. I'm going to turn this thing off. And T-Bird, why don't you take it away? Okay. Once upon a time in a faraway land, we heard these words from the guy we all now know as Jeff Probst. Quote, from this tiny Malaysian fishing village, these 16 Americans are beginning the adventure of a lifetime. They have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days on mysterious Borneo. This is their story. In the end, only one will remain and will leave the island with $1 million in cash as their reward. 39 days, 16 people, one survivor. Oh, yes, we remember it well. It was a simpler time, a time where once a week, Wednesday nights, we would gather our family and friends around the TV for the new cult show that drew 28 million viewers a week. You know the one, the show we talked about all week around the office water cooler, the show where we threatened anyone who would even dare call during this sacred hour, the one where the boot order was still yet to make it on the internet before the season even started. It was a CBS summer filler simply titled Survivor, and it had us hooked from Survivors Ready. Those were the days. Today's guest, 
one of the pioneers, Trailblazers, was born in Greensboro, North Carolina, and only 22 when she experienced this life-changing game. She couldn't have known that she would be part of history, survivor history, and that it would shape the future of reality TV. Describing herself as creative, confident, and outgoing, this river rafting guide spent 21 days rowing her own boat through the Grand Canyon. So it surprised no one when she won the last four immunity challenges to make it to the final three. And then on day 38, after four hours and 11 minutes holding on to the immunity idol while standing on a small log, she would seal the deal when Rudy removed his hand, sending our guest to the final tribal council. With 51.7 million viewers watching, ratings that have yet to be beat, lost to Richard Hatch in a 4-3 to three vote. With the question still looming, was Greg's vote the deciding vote? His pick a number between 1 and 10 actually random. We would see here again some 15 years later at the age of 38, her physical and social game, such a threat to the others, she would be voted out on day 24. When asked a second chance, this was what she had hoped for. She replied, quote, well, no, because I didn't win, and that was ultimately what I was hoping for, end quote. The attitude of a true competitor. The love of her life, her son Rio, is her complete focus these days, teaching and instilling in him the love of nature and travel and that getting out of your comfort zone is the only way to truly live. I introduce to you the girl who coined the catchphrase, I'm not here to make friends, one of the original OGs, Kelly Wigglesworth. Yes. <laughs> Kelly, how about that? Hey, Kelly! Oh, that was great, Team Heard. Thank you. I, I was wondering if you were going to get the friend thing in there. <laughs> yes. What oh, an introduction. Yeah. I know that was great. Thank you so much. I well. <laughs> yes, Kelly. How Kelly. are you? Um, I'm great. How are you guys? Yeah, doing okay. Uh, like it's doing been, okay. uh, it's been a yeah, bro. <laughs> I get hanging in there. Uh, it's been a minute right. since we've uh, heard from you. I know this uh, past mm-hmm. May was the uh, 20 year anniversary of Survivor Borneo airing. Uh, so congratulations on that milestone. Hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to think like anything happened 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, except that oh, like, uh, that you know, every day feels like 20 years also at the same time. All right. <laughs> uh, Kelly. <laughs> so uh, where, what part of the world are you living at these days? Um, well, I'm in Northern California area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the high Sierras. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, Looking um, at about 6,000 feet elevation, uh, living in the mountains, close to rivers, um, close to lakes and beautiful things. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's been good. You know, I, my family jokes that, you know, they say, well, you never, you know, really left the island because I, um, you know, I always have to. You know, I'm never, I, I get like weirded out in, in cities and, and lots of civilization. So I try to be in nature as, as much as I can. Yeah. Kelly, take me through a day. I think you, you were telling me that you homeschool Rio. Take me through you and Rio's typical day. 
Well, <laughs> typical is um, not not really a thing. Well, I did I did homeschool him uh, up until he was about five. Um, he was born in Mexico, where we um, lived for about ten years. Um, so I was, you know, homeschooling him there. And when we moved uh, to the mountains, um, there's really awesome schools where we are. They have um, several different um, expedition schools where uh, normally. Um, they do like 80% of their learning outside the classroom. They do, you know, they go on hikes and backpacking trips and they teach the kids, you know, avalanche safety and how to build igloos and all that stuff. And I'm like, yes, that is the school for my kids. So um, got on a long waiting list to, uh, you know, get him in there and he got accepted right at the shutdown. So um, he, you know, he technically does go to this, you know, really awesome expedition school, but it's all, it's all online now. So, um, you know, we get, we get up and, uh, we swing from the ceiling a little bit. We have, um, rings on, on, uh, strings hanging from (laughs) hanging from our ceiling. So he, he gets up and we swing around from the ceiling and we sit in the window and we look outside and watch the sunrise and see, you know, we've had also bear action lately so we uh you know look outside and see if there's any bears see if the bear got in the garage we let the dog out then uh you know we'll have some food and jump on and do some lessons and um lately we've been doing a lot of weather weather data stuff so we'll go outside and like what's the weather doing is it snowing is Mm -hmm. it raining you know all that and so he does his own little weather report um and then you know, he's pretty much done by like 1230. We read and uh, he's really, really, really into the guitar. Um, he's growing his hair out so he can look like Jimmy Page. Um, because, of course, if his hair looks like Jimmy Page, he'll be able to play yeah. like Jimmy Page. So we're, we're really into Led Zeppelin right now. Um, so then he'll get out his guitars and play for a while. Um, and then, yeah, we normally, you know, by now we're, we're outside. We're, are you teaching him to play the guitar? Because I did see on one of your Instagram pictures that you play the guitar. I mean, he's so far beyond me. Like, I really, I mean, I can play the blues and that's, you know, kind of it. Um, but no, he he's incredibly musical. He just picked it up and he's off and running. Um, my mom is is very, very musical. She's kind of like a piano sort of genius. She started playing at seven. Um, so we always had, music around but um piano is too like hard for <laughs> the mm-hmm. sheet music was too hard for me to read so i played drums and i dabbled on the guitar but yeah rio just um you know i always had my guitar around and he just picked it up and like f- heard one tom petty song and was like here do 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 and started playing it i was like okay yeah um so we did a few lessons we you know covid shut down um at a really cool, you know, nonprofit music school in our area. And the teacher was so sweet. She was like, you know, I'm happy to like keep teaching him and, you know, charging you money. But she was like, really, there's nothing. She's like, there's nothing I can teach him. He just, you know, he just needs to play. So yeah, he just plays, he writes songs, he can read music. Um, Yeah. And Rio is seven, is seven years old. Is that right? He is seven. Yep. He wow. Seven wow. In seven years so, old, Rob. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool. same age as, uh, as my son. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's, uh, oh, he was seven in September right. also. Oh, really? When's his birthday? Uh, the 29th. Okay. Rio's is the second. That's yeah. cool. Oh, well, my happy God. birthday. Yes. Okay. He can't read sheet music, by the way. <laughs> I can't either, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. You've been doing a better job, Kelly. My, my son could tell you about a, a lot of different video games. Uh, he cannot read sheet right, music. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't. That, you know, obviously, you know, the, the challenges of parenting during coronavirus, but yeah. I mean, challenges of parenting anyway, period. Um, pre, you know, we never had like he doesn't have an iPad. He doesn't, you know, have a phone or computer yeah. or like any devices. We don't have any video games. Um, normally, we don't even have like TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you no know, screen just time. Never. No screen time. No. Um, I, yeah, I tried for a minute when we were traveling a lot, I got like roped in though. I had to get a new phone and like, Oh, here's an iPad for free kind of thing. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe this would be good for the airplane. But he just, no matter how I'm like, all right, 20 minutes, he would just like lose his mind. So I was like, yep, nope, we're not doing that. That's gone. Um, so yeah, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't do it, but you know, now with school online, it's like, all right, well, Here's your bet. We do school and then that's it. The tablet goes away. I hide it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Kelly, you know, we play music. We get outside. Yeah. It says he's so good at music. I I think I read too that he speaks or he's been introduced to all these languages. So how many languages is Rio speaking now at seven years old? Um, well, he, you know, that's, that's kind of an impressive lead up. Um, you know, he, he, you know, he speaks a little bit of Spanish. He understands a lot of other language. Um, Spanish was actually his first language. Um, but when I went to Cambodia, he stayed with my family in North Carolina. And Tiber, you'll love this. Like when I dropped him off, he uh, was pretty much only speaking Spanish. And he was really starting to talk a lot and be conversational. But when none of my family speaks you know, Spanish at all. So when I, you know, I picked him up, he was speaking English with a Southern accent. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, he went from like speaking only Spanish to saying race car. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, right. I, I, uh, I, I need to do, do better, you know, speaking, but it's funny. A lot of our, um, a lot of our normal vocabulary has always been Spanish. Um, so a lot of words he, you know, I just realized at seven, I'm like, Oh, you don't know what that word is in English because I always, say it in Spanish and like I speak to him a lot in Spanish but um you know when he was a baby when we were in Mexico we had a lot of friends that would visit from different countries and so we had people from France we had um really close Italian friends uh you know people from Brazil and it was my request that they only speak to him you know in Portuguese or French or Italian um so he really was able to to pick it up so he can understand a lot, but we're working, we're working more on our Spanish, you know, and that was the Mm -hmm. thing for me. I'm like, well, once I can understand Spanish really well, it's easy to, to pick up the other stuff. Hey, Rob, talking to Kelly's made me question my parenting skills that I raised (laughs) Tyler and Ellie. I'm kind of feeling bad right now. (laughs) I think my kids missed out. No way. A lot. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned your mom. Okay. So you mentioned your mom and I'm hoping I get this right. We were wondering what, you, what at 22 years old you even applied for Survivor. Did your mom have something to do with that? Oh yeah, my mom had everything to do with it. Um, so you know that's that's a great question. Um, 
So I had uh, dropped out of school in October of 99 to go row a boat on the Grand Canyon. A friend of mine had got a permit, private permit, which, you know, they are few and far between. And uh, it was my first, you know, year guiding and it was like mm-hmm. really epic, like 21 days on the Grand Canyon. So I was like, yep, doing it. Um, and my mom was not happy. Um, you know, I quit school, I quit my jobs, I gave up my apartment. Um, and so when I came out of the Grand Canyon, I didn't have anywhere to live. So I was sleeping on the couch at my mom's house. And, you know, my mom is like the most motivated person I've ever seen. You know, she is like a hummingbird and, you know, three days home from the Grand Canyon, I'm sleeping, my skin's healing, I'm exhausted. And she's like, what are you doing? Are you going to school? Are you getting a job? Like do something. And, uh, she went on the, you know, she would go on the CBS news website and she saw the advertisement for it. She printed it out. And I remember she came home and handed me this little white piece of paper. And it was like a dude, you know, sitting under a palm tree cartoon drawing. He just said, you know, 16 people, you know, 39 days, Borneo million dollars survive. And she was like, well, you kind of just, you know, you were just in the grand Canyon with 15 other people. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that well for 21 days. Like, you should do this. I was like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> so yeah, she, wow. you know, she, her joke is, you know, she's like, you got all the adventure. I'm not doing it, but you know, she's always been incredibly supportive um, of me. I don't know, you know, Rob, this might be a little closer, you know, to you, like you guys, are, you guys see that cartoon Moana. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she's like, I'm going, I'm going on, I'm getting the boat. Yeah. I'm sailing. And, you know, mom runs after her and you think like, oh, mom's going to like stop her and not let her go. And mom like stands at the door and you're like, oh, she's not going to let her. And then like mom turns around and starts helping her pack. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm like, that's my mom. She's like, I'm not going, but I'll help you pack. Kelly, did you take a lot of convincing to actually go out and do that? Because I always feel like that with you, like uh, the adventure was fine, but I feel like the part of like, okay, you're going to go be on a TV show. uh, Was that something that was interesting to you? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I didn't believe it. anybody would watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the only reality show that was going on at the time or had gone on was, you know, the real world. And like, I couldn't tell you anybody, you know. So, um, you know, for me, it was the adventure. It was, I'd never been, you know, I never had a passport. I'd never traveled, um, you know, outside the U.S. And, you know, I had been a river guide, I had been a backpacking guide and all these things, but you know, I always had my tent and my filter and my, you know, granola bars. So I was like, wow, can I, can I do this with nothing? The fact that they were making a TV show was like, eh, that, you know, it may never air. And that was in our contract, you know, it said, Hey, we're going to go and do this thing, but all 13 episodes have to air. Otherwise nobody gets anything. So you were doing it and you have to agree to do it and it may never see the light of day. Um, so that, you know, that was the, the thing for me. I was like, eh, they're doing a TV show that I don't, no one's going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to watch this. Nobody will ever see this. I just, you know, want to do the thing. And they said, Hey, it could get canceled after one episode. No, no promises. Um, and you guys know, I mean, once you're there, it's like cameras are the last thing mm-hmm. on your mind at certain times. You're like, okay, ignore that um when did you realize kelly this might just be something was it while you were filming or once you when did you realize 
Well, I, I guess it was, you know, when we were there filming because we would hear stories of like reporters trying to sneak and swim onto the island. And, um, you know, originally the plan was after, you know, three or four, I forget the number, you know, small group of people were voted out, they were going to get sent home. And I think they had sent, maybe it was BB or somebody, you know, Sonia and BB or a couple of people actually went home and then we heard, oh, everybody's freaking out. Like we got to keep them here. So then, you know, that plan changed. So we have to keep everybody here until it's over. And then we all go home because they did send a few people back to the U S and people were freaking out. So I was like, okay, you know, but I still didn't really know like how successful the actual show was. I knew that people were intrigued, like what, what are we doing? You know? Um, but that doesn't necessarily translate to like, Oh, this is a great show once it airs. And is it going to hold people's attention? Um, that kind of thing. And you know, for me, I came home, I was in Vegas for about three days and I was like, ah, I gotta get out of here. Like crazy, <laughs> you know, city and lights and people. And, um, so I was like, I, I got to go. And my mom, you know, she, you need to stay home. You need to rest. You need to heal. I was like, I got to get out of here. I can't be here. Um, and I went to the river and I spent all season on the river and it was a very small town. Everybody knew me there anyway. And um, I was really grateful because all of my coworkers and everybody were, you know, people were like, that's cool. But I was like, Hey, just, I can't tell you guys anything. So don't even, <laughs> you know, I made the announcement. Um, and they were really cool. They didn't, you know, bug me too much about it. They just let me be. And I told my manager, I was like, I, you need to put me on an overnight trip every Wednesday night. So every Wednesday night I was, I was camping. I was on the water. I wasn't around a TV and you know, all my coworkers that were in town, like they had big parties and people had things, but you know, I just kind of hid out and I didn't really think too much about it. Um, and then sometime in June, I think it was the end of June, my mom took my sister and I to Oahu and um, that freaked me out. Like people were like, at one point we dressed up, like I wore a disguise and I put my little sister like in my hat and sunglasses <laughs> to try to divert. Like I had a dude run up and tackle me at the Polynesian Cultural Center. I mean, he was a sweetheart. He just wanted to hug me and introduce me to his family. But I was like, oh my gosh, like people running after me, <laughs> you know, it was so weird. Cause I mean, you guys know we're not, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't know if you guys have dabbled in acting before or since, but we're not, you know, we just are who we are. And so people feel comfortable with us and approachable and they can run up and give you a hug. It's not like you're, you know, JLo or somebody where you feel this like barrier of like, Oh, there's a famous person. I can't mm -hmm. approach them, you know? Yeah. So that, that was a little startling. I was like, okay, um, I guess this is a thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that T-Bird or I have any idea uh, what it's like, what you all went through with that first season where it was just yeah. such, such a phenomenon yeah. that it was, uh, you know, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. And I'm sure that that was, uh, <laughs> it was a, a wilder uh, experience than T-Bird or I had on many magnitudes. So Kelly, yeah, did you, was your mom and your family watching it every week? And would your mom call you each Wednesday since you weren't watching it to say, Kelly, you're not going to believe this. I mean, was she keeping you no, posted? No, nobody, no, everybody knew to just leave me out of it. Um, you know, the first one, 
I think I went, you know, but I think I went to my mom's when the first one aired because she wanted to have a thing. And I was like, all mm-hmm. right. So I went there and I watched maybe the first, I, I think I made it through, you know, the opening credits of where you see everybody's profile. And but I you like, already yeah, saw that part. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they already showed it to you. I was like, I can't, I was like, I can't watch this. So I left, I went outside and sat by the barbecue or something. And, um, yeah, I just didn't, you know, I was like, I was there. I, I know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was hard. I mean, now, like, you don't know who wins. You have to kind of sit with that for a long time. But, um, you know, going through that and knowing, you know, how hard I tried and that, you know, it didn't it didn't work out the way I thought, mm-hmm. obviously, um, that I wanted it to. So, you know, that was hard. I mean, it's hard to mentally you know, process that the first time. And I was like, I don't want to relive that again. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's no, like, you know, disregard for, you know, the show or anything. I just, I don't watch TV. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not a TV watcher. And I, you know, I don't want to hear myself on, you know, record and listen to myself. You know, it just sounds weird. So it's not... um, Yeah. And other shows I've I've done and been on, like I've just never, you know, made a big deal about watching them either. So it's just I'm just not a TV watcher. So but, Kelly, you know, I'll watch someday, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, <laughs> have you ever watched the the series? It sounds like you haven't. No, I haven't. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, I saw the first few minutes, which I had already seen, and then. Um, you know, at the finale, we're all, you know, you guys know, we're all together in the room and all that. But um, I really, I was up, I was in the bathroom, I was walking around. Um, I think it was actually Gretchen who, you know, made me sit down for the, you know, final few minutes because I just, I did not want to watch. Um, but that was a really sweet moment because, um, you know, I sat on the couch in the green room or whatever, and like I had Gretchen on one side, and I think maybe Sonia was on the other side, and they were both like holding my hand, and like Nervous was rubbing my shoulders, and Colleen was there, and Jenna, you know, like everyone um, really just kind of embraced me and, you know, was just like supporting me and stuff. So that was really cool because that, you know, that, that was hard to, to watch. So I did see, you know, that the final few minutes, but other than that, no, I haven't. I haven't seen anything in between, not yet. Did your mom, family know that how you had finished? Did you tell them before it started or were they watching it? You know, they were watching it. No, we couldn't, you know, we, we couldn't tell anything, but my, my mom, um, I, you know, I think she, she knew, you know, mom, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff, (laughs) you know, stuff about your kids. Um, but, uh, got to make a phone call when we arrived in Borneo, like, Hey, our, you know, we made it safe, like see in 40 days or whatever. But, um, on one of the neighboring islands, our last day, 39, there was like a floating university, um, thing. And, uh, there was like a piracy attack and some people were beheaded. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So that, you know, that stuff doesn't always make the news in the u.s but um you know production they were like well we want to make sure that uh you know the our people's family don't don't think it was them so they let us um make a phone call home and say hey you know i remember calling my mom like hey i don't know if you heard about this whole beheading thing but that wasn't us like we're safe i'll be home in a few days and um you know my mom just when i called her she said um 
you know, I said, I'm done. You know, we, I, I wasn't beheaded. <laughs> and uh, she said, um, are you okay? And I didn't say anything. And she goes, you're not okay, are you? And I didn't say anything. And my mom does, I've never heard her say a swear word in my life. And she goes, oh my God, you won the whole damn thing. And then I just started blubbering. I was like, oh. I didn't say yes or no. I just started crying. Cause I'm like, oh great. Like rub it in mom. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then, um, and then it was funny. She said, cause I, prior to going to Borneo, I had always, you know, wanted to go to Hawaii and, you know, we never, you know, we never, went it's you know expensive trip and so my mom had been saving and planning a surprise um to take my sister and I to to Hawaii for my birthday in June and so she told me she's like well I was gonna wait to tell you till you got home but um you know we're gonna go to Hawaii and I was like then I cried more I was like I don't want to go to another island like the last place I wanted to go mm-hmm. was an island yeah <laughs> like I don't want to go to Hawaii um but so, you know we I came around I-, I went to Hawaii by then you yeah. don't even know then. You don't even know if your edit your edit was accurate or not because you never watched it. Because so many so many players will complain, won't they, Rob, about the editing? But you don't know, uh-huh. right? You don't know if your I edit was know, you or not. Um, but I've never heard any. You know, I've you know, I just figure, I, you know, somebody would tell me if I was. <laughs> a total jerk, but, um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think I was, I mean, you know, yeah. obviously we all have our moments. Um, but you know, I, I, in things before and since, you know, I've been in, you know, challenging situations in nature and, and life and whatever. And I just always feel like, you know, conflict reveals deep character and that, you know, and I do have something to say about that. Cause I, you know, I've heard that from people over the years. I'm like, Oh no, they gave me a bad edit. Like I'm not really this. I'm not really that. It's like, well, you really are who and what you are. Mm-hmm. No one can make you something you're not. I mean, yes, you know, editing can, you know, happen, but it's like, you can't, you know, if you're a good person, you're a good person. They can't make you a bad person. And if you're a bad person, guess what? You're a bad person, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I feel like anybody can be nice and speak shiny when you're, you know, well fed, you know, happy and in your comfort zone. When you're out of your comfort zone, that's who you are. You know, mm-hmm. that's who you really are. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's what I see. So I don't know what you guys, how you guys feel about that. Well, that's, I think, very interesting because I, I think yeah. that uh, really aligns with sort of like when we talk about what happened in the first season of Survivor of like the worldview of like uh, a, a vote for Kelly in the finale versus a vote for Rich where I think that uh, mm-hmm. you know the Rich worldview is hey I, I'm playing a game you real you don't really know me you know this is who I am mm-hmm. here for these 39 days where that your uh, worldview which sounds consistent is like uh, like no you got to know me this is who I am and you should vote for who you thought was the better person right yeah yeah, and you know, you you know, T Bird, you mentioned like was the Greg number thing really real? No, I wasn't, and I knew it wasn't. Um, with, as soon as he said it, I mean, that was, you know, he didn't you know, really pick a number. He, you know, he was going to vote for Richard. He knew he was going to vote for Richard. He had planned to vote for Richard, and you know, that is same with like Sean and his alphabet soup thing. You know, he was going to vote for Richard. Like mm-hmm. he, that was their way of not really taking responsibility for it. But, you know, both of them came up to me at the finale, squared me off, you know, and said like, sorry, I didn't vote for you. I couldn't lose to a 22 year old female. 
it was easier for them to lose to Richard to mm-hmm. my face, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, even Greg's sister came up and like apologized to me because her brother didn't vote for me, you know? So yeah, I think, you know, for, it made me just, you know, that was a really kind of, wow. Um, you know, wow. I, I, that's, you know, that was kind of heavy to take, but it's like, that's not my worldview. You know, my worldview is like, okay, if I didn't win, like let the best man win, you know, not like, Oh, it's easier for me to lose to this person versus that, you know, if I can't win, then I don't want anybody better than me to to win either. So, but you know, that's, that's on them. That's not on me. Kelly, this is so great. I'm so glad that you uh, brought this up because uh, that, you know, we have, we do a lot of podcasts during, especially during when there's no survivor on. And we had done a podcast recently talking about sort of iconic speeches that people uh, make on the jury. And I'm sure you are well familiar with uh, being on the <laughs> receiving end of some of these, but it came up about Greg and the question that he asked and something that I had forgotten about. And I actually want to play a clip for you that came from when you went back for Survivor Cambodia and you had a question for the final three in that season. <laughs> 15 years ago, All right. I was sitting right there. I lost by one vote. My fate was determined by one simple question. Jeremy, Tasha, Spencer, pick a number between one and ten. Right now? Three. Four. Thanks. Sorry to do that to you, Kelly, because I know you don't like to uh, watch or hear yourself on any of these shows. No, But I thought that that was very interesting because uh, I always thought that you didn't like that Greg did that. But then there was uh, when you came back that you went with your final tribal council question to pick a number. And I, I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah, well, the whole thing, you know, you, you, you know me by now, you know, it was this whole, like, make some big epic speech and mm-hmm. this and that. And I, I like, I had no questions. I, I knew who they were. I knew the game that they had played. Um, so there was no, you know, fight for your life kind of thing. Or, you know, there was no question that was going to sway Um my decision, but I thought, um, you know, I thought it would be good to kind of circle back Mm -hmm. around to that. Um, and I wanted, you know, and I wanted to know what number they would pick and they just kind of fell right in line, two, three, four. I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you were going to vote for Jeremy, no matter what, there was no way that, uh, anybody would, I was voting for Jeremy, no matter what I was voting for Jeremy, no matter what. Um, so, you know, that's why I was like, well, what, (laughs) I mean, what do I have to say? What, what, I have no questions to ask. I Mm -hmm. have, you know, I have, I have nothing. I have nothing. You know, I, I got nothing for you guys. <laughs> Kelly, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I have to tell you, because you and I, we've not met before. I remember after watching you, your speech there and your question, I actually tweeted something and or somewhere I put something and you, and I had never talked before you sent something back to me so polite. And that's the one thing about talking to you these last few weeks, trying to get you on to chat with us. You've been so polite, but you said T-Bird, it's a, it's a 
reflection back on Borneo. I'm like, oh, of course. But you were so nice the way you said it to me. You didn't have to explain why you asked that question. I mean, I didn't, you didn't owe me anything. But anyway, <laughs> and that's who you oh, are. Well, Obviously, you. that's who you are. No, I mean, I, I'm, and I'm happy to, you know, do anything. And, um, you know, like I said, I mean, I thought I thought people would get a kick out of it. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And, um, you know, I caught, you know, I kind of wanted to, to shake it up a little bit. I kind of wanted to, to shock people. Um, so I thought, you know, this, this, this will be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people were surprised. There were some, there were some big jaws. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you two have in common so, that you both were in the running for that second chance season. And obviously, uh, Kelly, you went back and somehow the travesty of justice happened and T-Bird didn't end up going that you two never say, got on the phone and said, OK, let's uh, what you want to work together. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I wanted to ask you this. And I know that people were talking during second chances and were you in a, a, a pre-alliance with anybody? I didn't want to talk to anybody. I mean, people were reaching out to me. People were calling. People were trying to set stuff up. And I was like, you know what? Let's just, I'll see you out there. Let's, let's figure it out when we get out there. I don't want to make any promises. I don't want to make any deals. I, you know, I don't know who I want to align with or if I want to align with anybody. Um, so, you know, I was just like, Thanks for reaching out. But also I was living in Mexico and um, my little sister was, you know, doing my whole social media campaign. Like I didn't, you know, have a phone. I didn't have, you know, anything. So, and you know, I was busy trying to get my head around, you know, leaving my son and how am I going to, you know, take care of him while I'm gone and is, and is this really the right thing to do? You know, because there was a lot of, um, you know, back and forth of that and people, you know, Oh, you're, you know, you have a little son, like, is that responsible, you know, for you to leave him for that long and go, you know, run off to, you know, Asia to play survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really just trying to, you know, deal with that. Like, is, is, should I do that? Should I not? <laughs> Am I a good mom? Am I a good parent? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Kelly, all these people then that were playing with you on second chances, you've never seen their season. So you didn't know anything about any of them. Did you? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I knew um, I had met uh, Jeff Varner um, before at like a charity thing because, you know, he was from Greensboro. Um, So but I didn't you know, I didn't watch his season. I didn't know, you know, how he played or what he did or. um, Yeah, I mean, especially any of the you shouldn't watch his newer Um, seasons either. (laughs) I love Jeff. but yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch anybody. I didn't know what they did or how they played or who, you know, yeah, I didn't know any of the details. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was another thing. I was like, I just want to get out there and, and just kind of see what happens. I mean, that was, you know, my thing from the beginning was like, okay, just one day at a time, you know, take it one moment at a time and then see. And, you know, that's kind of my philosophy with life and, and, you know, being a river guide, it's like we say, read and run, you know, you read mm-hmm. the situation and you run with it. I'm not making any big plans or promises um, because, you know, things change every second. <laughs> you guys know that. Yeah. So Kelly, with Borneo the same way, you played with, with strangers and basically second chances you played with, with strangers and everybody else knew each other. Do you think that was detrimental to your game in second chances? 
or did it get you further than you thought it would? Well, I, you know, I kind of just had to play dumb anyway, even if I knew, even if I watched every season and knew all the details and everything, like nobody's going to let me get to the end. Come on. <laughs> and, I, and I knew that going in. I was like, no one is really going to let me get to the end. So my, that was the best game I had. I had to kind of, I had to play dumb. I even, I mean, <laughs> you know, even though I, I might've known more, you know, than I let on, um, I, I really just kind of had to play clueless. I had to not come out of the gate very physically strong. Um, I had to just kind of, you know, keep my mouth shut, keep my head down and sort of, um, you know, play a little meek and that, you know, that got me pretty far because everyone's like, Oh, she's not a threat. She doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) Um, you know, and I would just kind of go off and do my own thing and just kind of, kind of play dumb. Mm -hmm. Was it harder? Was the first time playing harder than the second time for you or was it? Um, it's different. I mean, you know, the first time, um, you know, physically and, you know, survival wise was was hard i mean borneo was rough i mean borneo was was the real deal um second time around is like food was we had so much food like bananas were rotting and people nobody wanted to do anything like should we make a shelter should we build a fire no we'll get matches in three days no we don't need to do this like and it was just like everybody was just in the, you know, jungle whispering to each other, like nobody, you know, oh, let's, let's go ahead and lose this challenge so we can this, that. I'm like, wait a minute, what? We're going to purposely lose a challenge. <laughs> so, you know, that was hard because I felt like people weren't really trying, you know, and that mm-hmm. kind of bummed me out. It's like, I'm standing there with like two pieces of bamboo in my hand and everyone's like already making alliances, you know, with the water. Well, I'm like, should we, maybe make a shelter. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that, you know, that was hard. That was kind of, um, I guess, disappointing in a way where I, you know, I thought like, let's just be a team first and then kind of mm-hmm. worry about that later. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't, you know, there was no like team mentality. It was like, as soon as we landed, everybody's out for each other. And, um, you know, that was, that was the, to circle back around. That was the hardest thing for me the first time. I mean, yes, I knew the gist of what was going to happen. All right. Every three days, I'm going to vote somebody out. But, um, I just kind of put that in the back of my mind, like, Oh, I'll figure that out later. You know, um, it'll just be so hard that it'll be obvious who, who to vote out. And it'll, you know, it'll, like I said, it'll just kind of come moment by moment. Um, and, you know, that was sort of the, the hard thing for me was like, oh, this, you know, it's not nice. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not nice. It's not a nice game. Um, so to, you know, boots on the ground as soon as you land already have that mentality of like, I'm out to get this person and I'm going to lie to that person. I'm like, wait, whoa, no, <laughs> um, that's that's not my it's not my style. Just a super quick break to 
thank our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. I bet it could be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Let's get back to uh, catching up with Kelly Wigglesworth. Kelly, can you tell us what it was like to play with Stephen Fishback? Um, Stephen was funny, um, and I, I, I don't know, how, you know if you talk to him or what, but um, yeah, we talk to him a lot. <laughs> okay, well, he um, he was really funny because he would constantly like, you know, we'd go out in the water. I remember at one point he was like, "I'm in." the ocean with Kelly Wigglesworth. <laughs> and like some of the other players were like that too. And that, you know, and it, it, they were like, well, what was it really like? Like, did you guys, you guys really had to do stuff. Like you guys walked to every travel mm-hmm. council. I'm like, yeah. So, you know, I felt like grandma, like when I was in school, we had to, you know, walk uphill both ways and you know, all that. So it would be like, sit around by the campfire and like, Oh my gosh, did you guys really like, uh, yeah, we, we really had to do stuff. And, you know, he would have a moment like that. Um, but, uh, there are so many funny times where, um, and he caught, you know, he, he was watching me because, you know, like I said, I was just kind of playing dumb and, and, you know, it was like, I remember, you know, puzzle challenge or something after he was like, Oh, you're really good at that, you know, or you're really good at this. And, you know, we would all sit around and talk and, um, you know, I would, you know, say stuff and, you know, talk about like Ernest Hemingway or whatever. And he would look at me and he was like, Oh, you're really smart, aren't you? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, Did you think I was just like a dumb jock? And I think, I think he did. I don't think mm-hmm. he realized, um, my level of intelligence because he was kind of always, you know, surprised and, you know, shooting these looks like, Oh, you know that, you know this. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but one time I did a scorpion, uh, was crawling down a bamboo pole and about to jump on him. And I happened to be right there cutting a coconut and I saw the scorpion and I looked over and I hit the machete and I cut the scorpion in half, like right by his head on the bamboo you pole. You saved his life. And he looked at you did yeah, save I, his I saved life. his life. Totally. Oh my God. <laughs> but he looked at me, he was like, you just cut a scorpion in half in like midair by my head. I'm like, yeah, dude, I just saved you. <laughs> well, and he voted you I out would, of the I game, would. Kelly. I know. I know. I know. He owes you I a know, life debt. But, uh, he totally does. <laughs> Tell him that. Tell him that for me. I will. I will. You yeah. know, Rob and, and yeah. Kelly and Rob, that's the thing I think, What don't we hear from the most people that the complaints from the season, from season one up to season 40, that people want to just see the fans just want to see the players play without, just like yeah. you did in Borneo, just survival yeah. and do the survival part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's like, you know, I don't know how you can, you know, bring it back to its essence. Um mm-hmm. And the whole, you know, immunity idols and second chances and redemption and all that. Like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm like, take all that away, take all that away and just go back to the roots and just play, let people play for real. No second, you know, no second chances, (laughs) no, no hidden idols, none of that. Just play. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever do that again, but I guess, you know, there's too many, you know, things to swap around, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah. Kelly, had you been contacted Kelly before second chances to play again through the years? Or I did. Yeah. I had been contacted a few times. Um, and it, you know, it was always a no. And, uh, I, you know, I was surprised they kept asking. Um, but, you know, Second Chances was so weird um, because I had, um, I think they had the last time they had asked me, I was pregnant with my son and I was well, obviously I can't play. Um, and then I happened to be visiting my family in North Carolina and I was having dinner with one of my sisters. And out of the blue, she asked me, she was like, do you think you know, they've asked you so much and you keep saying no. She says, do you think they'll ever ask you to play again? And I said, you know what? I have this weird feeling that they are. And I have a feeling that it's going to be soon. And the next day you guys are going to laugh. Everybody's going to laugh at me. I have one of my emails. I still have my like very first email address I ever had. It's an AOL account, but that's the only reason why I have it because so many, you know, that's like how random people from forever ago and like mm-hmm. CBS can find me because I don't, you know, I, at the time I didn't have social media. Nobody had my phone number. Um, so I checked my email the next morning and there, there was CBS saying, Hey, um, we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> and I said, that's, you know, that's too weird. That's too weird. It was too serendipitous. And I just, um, I don't know. I just had this feeling like I, I got to go back. I got to go back and do this. And, um, but in my heart, I'm like, like I play to win. Why leave my son? Why put my body and mind through all this again? And, you know, like I said, I'm like, really, no one's going to let me get to the end. Like, why am I doing this? But I just, I don't know. And maybe I still don't have the answer as to why I just felt I, I had to go back, but for whatever reason I did, um, so there you go. <laughs> Kelly, did you, are you familiar with any of the Australian cast? Do you know Keith Famey from the, uh, the, the chef from Australia right after Borneo? No, no. Okay. All right. Well, I have to tell you this because it's kind of, we, we talked with him a few months ago and Keith told us, Rob, do you remember this? That they wanted him for Borneo really badly. But mm-hmm. he was out of the country doing a cooking show. Now, Keith at the time was a single dad with a son. Kind of, I think, mm-hmm. the same age as Rich, the same age as Rich. So my question is, how things would have changed in Survivor history if Keith Famey had been out there instead of Richard? Well, she doesn't she know who know Keith is. So, yeah. I know. So, you know, she, I know, I know. So I know. But I, know. I think she would say, like, yeah, sure, make that swap. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Can we go back in time? And do yeah. That? She'll, she's up for it. Well, with the first, Im- with the first impression of the uh, Borneo cast, did you look at people and think, Oh, I can, yeah, I can take this one. And I can, I mean, when you saw Rich, did you think, yeah, I can't imagine him get getting to the end. Did it surprise you that it was the two of y'all at the end? Um, no, not, I mean, I think, you know, as, as the game went on, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really about, you know, survival and, and things like that. Um, no. And I tried to keep an open mind about everybody. And, you know, I knew right off the bat, I mean, Rich is obviously a very smart person. Um, 
So, you know, I, I knew that about him right off the bat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could tell like, oh, okay, Sean, he's never left the city or, you know, this person never done that. Okay. This person, um, you know, so you can kind of get a read on people. And we did spend, you know, a week or two, I think, you know, pre going on the Island, you know, we had to do more medical stuff. We had to do, you know, helicopter safety and that kind of thing. And we, one day we went to a headhunter village, um, where they, you know, told us the story about the first headhunters and we got to kind of see some stuff and, you know, they are like, okay, don't touch anything. Like these three things won't kill you. Everything else will. So just don't touch, don't eat anything. Don't touch anything. Don't get water from this plant or whatever. Um, and I remember there's huge, beautiful moss landed on Jervis's shoulder and he jumped 10 feet in the air, <laughs> screamed, freaked out. I was like, this dude's scared of bugs. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's why when we had our, our, uh, you know, well, beetle larva contest. I was like, that mm-hmm. guy, <laughs> make that guy eat it. He's terrified of bugs. So, um, yeah, you kind of get a read on people. Kelly, you know, we haven't got a chance to speak to you since the passing of our uh, mutual friend, uh, Rudy, uh, which uh, he had passed away back in uh, November of 2019. Uh, It was actually his birthday uh, this week. Uh, So uh, thinking of Rudy this week, uh, do you have any uh, Rudy stories? I I know you don't know what was on the show or uh, what was it because you didn't see it. But do you have any great Rudy stories that you think of? Oh, I, I think of Rudy all the time. Actually, we were just um, in my family. We were just talking about him the other day. Uh, no, he, well, at first, you know, I, I don't know if it translated on TV, but he and I did not, we butted heads hard um, day one. You know, he was barking orders, so, you know, we're not making a shelter. We're sleeping in the sand. We're not building fires. We're not doing this and that. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, old man. Like, we're not sleeping in the sand. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, we don't need to do this. We don't need to waste time and resources. And he was just, you know, grumpy old man. And then when it came time to do stuff, like, he didn't know how to make a fire. He didn't know how to tie a knot. He didn't know how to, like, hunt for food. And, you know, I was like, man, you are a useless Navy SEAL. <laughs> like, what kind of military man are you? You don't know how to do anything. And he was like, well, we weren't, we, you know, we weren't supposed to be seen. We weren't making shelters and building fire and eating food. We just came in and killed people. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, point taken. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah. And he, um, but, you know, obviously over time, Rudy became my favorite human. You know, yeah. he, we would, we wouldn't, you know, he would run on the beach. He would do his PT every day. And, you know, I would go and do my run and do my yoga. And he would just kind of give me a, you know, a nod, like a, what, like an acknowledgement, uh, you know, and I just, I really appreciated his directness, his honesty, um, you know, as the game went on. And I just, I just really started to just genuinely love the man. And he really, um, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't give out compliments. He didn't give out, uh, you know, hugs, like, you know, we would celebrate and he, oh, hugging again. And he would say how he and his wife volunteered at the Red Cross. And he said, man, if y'all would stop hugging so much, we'd have seven more hours in the day to get work done. (laughs) And, um, he, uh, one of the challenges, what was it? Oh, I think it was when we had to, 
time and not, we had to make a stretcher and um, mm-hmm. I made the stretcher and tied all the knots. And he was like, you know, kind of gave me a nod of like, you know how to tie knots. I was like, yep. And you know, he like, you know, appreciated that, you know, being a Navy man that I knew how to tie knots and you know, that I knew how to paddle and he, you know, all these things. And so he slowly kind of would give me just a little bit, you know, little compliments, this, that, and the other. And um, when we did the, uh, the ropes course, challenge when the the uh, military guys came sure. to give us our you know orders or whatever um, they like had so much respect for him mm-hmm. that it was so cool you know to see that and then when we did the challenge you know rudy didn't um really pr- i think i think i think all of us had to do a little bit at the very end you know carrying the flag or so or i don't know i don't remember if he fully sat that one out because i feel like maybe we were one more than the other team Um, Uh, i think you were uh one less we were one less okay because for some reason i thought rudy like sat the whole thing out um maybe but if if he did participate in and it wasn't until at the very end because it started off with me and sean doing it and then you know Rich jumped in and Sue jumped in and then I thought, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Rudy was there like at the very end to like help plant the flag or something. But anyway, I remember after that was over, he just like grabbed me by my shoulders and looked at me and he gave me the biggest hug and he goes, I'm so proud of you, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was like huge. You know, Rudy hugged me and Rudy's proud of me, like, oh, I can die happy now, <laughs> you know. Um and since when we would see each other at reunions and when we would do charity things, like he was always like, he was like a proud grandpa, mm-hmm. you know, I'd see him sitting in the corner of the room and, you know, having a beer with somebody and he'd point to me and he'd be like, that girl, that girl right there, she's the one, you know, she really won. She's the real survivor. And he would just brag, like I said, he would just brag on me like proud grandpa. And it was, I just, I have so much love um, for him. And so I did a post for him on my Instagram and uh, I, uh, you know, told some stories about him and then I found the picture cause I gave him uh, the uh, Rowdy Rudy's diner yes, thing that I made. Yeah. And he said that, that uh, Marge had put it up in their kitchen and uh, she had sent me a picture of it a long time ago of it, you know, in by their kitchen window or something. <laughs> so that was, that was really special for me. Kelly, um, how did you have any regrets uh, for, for Survivor being a part of your life story? Has it been a positive thing for the most part for you? Oh, oh, it's it's been amazing. It's been so positive, and and you know, like I said earlier, just the fact that like I don't watch it. That's that's no, um, you know, nothing negative at all. I'm I'm so grateful um, for that experience and opportunity. It's um, it's you know still a huge part of you know, me and, and, uh, and my life and it's opened a lot of doors and opportunities since. Um, and the cool thing is, uh, you know, I've always said like, that's, you know, that's something I've done. It's not, that doesn't define my life forever, but, um, and maybe you guys have experiences too, since, you know, the, the shutdown in March, it's like people are circling back around and, you know, watching the first one and like, how did you, that and everyone's isolated and you know i'm like you know people feel like they're kind of on their own little you mm-hmm. know survivor at home right now but um just it's i've i've been getting so many you know people contacting me and um 
you know, congratulating me and stuff. But, um, you know, a really cool thing is a lot of, um, you know, women and men, but, um, a lot of young girls, like even, you know, back then and, and even now, um, I get so many positive messages from, you know, 10 year old girls and seven year old girls. And they're like, you're my hero. And, you know, I want to be like you and that type of thing. So to me, that's, you know, everything that, you know, it's like, if I can be a role model or inspire people, um, you know, especially, you know, young girls to like, you know, that, that makes me really happy. And so to have that, you know, resurgence, um, of that, you know, that's huge. And, and one of the cool things that, you know, happened the first time around, I, I, um, you know, I was a fun, fearless female of the year for Cosmopolitan <laughs> magazine. And, you know, that was such a, an honor, but it was also hilarious because, um, I'm not, you know, like that's mm-hmm. like a fashion, but you know, that's like models and just pretty people. And so I got to do that and, uh, and uh, they had this big luncheon, you know, to celebrate. And I brought my mom, you know, to honor and, um, uh, Helen Gurley Brown, who, you know, mm-hmm. founded the magazine. Um, she, you know, since passed, but, um, she, uh, you know, kind of singled me out at the luncheon and she was like, you, um, I like you. (laughs) She was like, you know, you sit next to me. And she just, you know, told me how much she liked me and she was proud of me and liked what I did. And I was like, this lady's amazing, you know? So for her to acknowledge me when I'm, you know, kind of in in awe of of her and all that, you know, she's, she had done in her life. And, um, uh, Kate White, who was editor in chief at the time, she had brought her daughter to the luncheon. And, um, when I accepted my award, I, I, you know, kicked it back to my mom. I said, well, you know, I want to thank the fun, fearless female in my life, my mom, because, you know, I wouldn't have done any of this without her, you know, pursuing, you know, pushing me to do it. And, uh, the editor in chief, Kate White, she, after the luncheon, she pulled me aside and asked me if I would take a picture with her daughter. And I did. And she goes, um, I want you to be her when you grow up. <laughs> um, so that, you know, that was, that was cool. <laughs> like to me, people are like, oh, you didn't win the million. I'm like, so what? You know, that, that was just money. I mean, I did, I did what I said I was going to do. I was going to be there 39 days. Richard was not there a second longer than I was. And, you know, in my mind, he was, he was there cause I let him be there. <laughs> you know, people, you know, could argue that, but, um, you know, that I, 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 reached my goal that was my goal and um you know i didn't walk away with the money but you know i walked away with a lot more and um and still you know still do i still you know have have things come up and i've had and i am you know having such an amazing life and and that's been a huge part of um my ability to do that you know so i'm very grateful and very thankful and so those you know those moments to me and you know, the experiences I've had have, that's way more than money. And that's what I, that's what I tell Rio. I said, you know, I, I provide experiences. I try not to, I don't provide a whole lot of things, you know, we're not big into things except for electric guitars, obviously, but, um, you know, experiences and that's, you know, that's what you can always take with you. Kelly. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, this was uh, always great to catch up with you and hear what you're doing. Uh, T-Bird, anything else for Kelly? 
Oh, God, can I just ask two more questions? Just two more. Kelly, I have that's up to Kelly. I have Gobsmore. Just two more. Kelly, can I just ask <laughs> yeah. you two more? Okay. So yeah. how I wanted to know from your perspective how Jeff Probst had evolved from season one, the very first season, up to Cambodia. Oh, a lot different. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot different, you know. Um, I mean, I feel like he and I, you know, still had our, our rapport. Um, but you know, he's, he's a big TV star guy now, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, a lot more questions, you know, tribal council is so much more involved and, um, yeah, he's obviously much more involved in the show than the first time around. I mean, first time around, he was just trying to figure it out, you know, same as we were, you know, he didn't really know he didn't have a, he didn't have a map. He didn't have a script. Um, so he, you know, he's, he's a bit different now, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, pretty, pretty same to me, but you know, the one thing I will say with Cambodia, you know, he kept, you know, making this big dramatic, you know, 15 years ago, you were almost one. And then finally I was like, dude, Jeff, you're blowing my game. Like you got to stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he was kind of like making a big deal about me. I'm like, dude, stop. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, and then this is the other question. I think it would be a good way to end it. After Second Chances, I read that you were developing a line of pre-made healthy cocktails. Did that come to fruition? And if so, give Uh, me that healthy cocktail recipe. (laughs) Um, You know, it it hasn't yet. Um, I kind of had to put that on the on the back burner but um i was i was associate producer um on uh the new or sorry second season of undercover billionaire um and shockingly uh i was working for my good friend scott messick who was the director on the first season of survivor so he is one of the executive producers of this season and uh brought me on board um so I, I'm an associate producer on that show. And uh, there's three different people that were on the show. Um, and our person was uh, Monique Idlet. And um, she, you'll see, it's, it's, uh, it's in the early um, episodes of the show. But um, she and I are, uh, have actually been, um, you know, uh, talking about working together to, to bring that. Because it's still, it's still a thing. It's still, a, you know, it's still a good idea. It's still... Um, you know, we're still going to try to make it happen, but, uh, yeah, moving, you know, changing countries, raising my kid, all those things have, have been, uh, have been taking the front seat. Um, right now I'm, uh, working with the nonprofit, uh, friends of the river. And I'm also, um, wow. working with an organization called high five. They're a, uh, adaptive rec, um, nonprofit foundation, um, you know, supporting and sponsoring um, athletes who have had, you know, life-changing and, um, you know, sort of debilitating uh, injuries due to outdoor sports. So working with them um, to develop an adaptive rec uh, whitewater rafting program. So hopefully um, if we get, you know, the COVID clearance, we'll be able to start doing those trips this summer. And that was, you know, something I had done uh, pre-survivor. I'd been doing a lot of adaptive recreation program. So, um, really great organization that, you know, I like to support and we're, uh, you know, hoping to get that, that program going this summer. Um, and you know, Rio comes with me, so he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's training to be a guide. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, Kelly, uh, again, thank you for spending uh, so much time with us. I know that you have a lot going on, and so I appreciate you making the time. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for inviting me. And, uh, you know, happy to talk to you anytime. Okay, Kelly, all the best to you. You guys are well. Yeah. And all the best to uh, Rio as well. Kelly, thank you. Thank I appreciate you, so- you guys. Hope you and your families are well. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kelly. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Okay. Hey, Rob, ask her about her Instagram. Kelly, you want Instagram followers? You want to give out your handle? Oh, sure. Didn't wait. Didn't you ask me that last time and I didn't know it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds about right. Was it was something because because I well, Kelly I Wiggles. To- That's what it is. Verified on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I am I verified? Yeah. Look at you. Oh, all right. No, I think I remember you asking me something about what what something was, Twitter or Instagram, and like I because my sister was doing it for me, mm-hmm. like on the down low, and I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. Um, yeah, sure. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. All right, Kelly. Take Thank care. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Take care. Bye, Thank Kelly. you, T-Bird. All right. Talk- Thank you, sweetheart. Bye. Bye. All right. T-Bird. There you go. The great Kelly Wigglesworth. I know. Stephen Fishback. I mean, I am, again, I've just, I'm speechless. Do you hear me right now? I'm not even saying anything. Yes. Um, okay. And I can see, again, I can see how Stephen was the same way out there because. Yeah, but then he voted know, her we, off. Well, we'll have to talk to him about that. <laughs> yes. Can you I was track down Stephen Fishback for talking with yeah, T-Bird? Track, absolutely. That would be a good Are you serious? One. Do you want him tracked down? Um, I mean, sure. I mean, where else do you have to go? Well, I know, but if you tell me that, you know I'm going to go after him. So, <laughs> unless you don't, if you don't, if you don't mean it, you better not tell me. Uh, I think it would be so, fun. No. Yeah. Okay. 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 Steven's just been added to the list. No, but Rob, you know, we all, even age wise, even though I'm a little bit older than Kelly, mm-hmm. you know, I started watching her knowing I wanted to do the show. And actually, my mom is the one that got me into it as well. That's why I thought I remembered that about her. And, I mean, they were the pioneers and to watch how the game has evolved, but what they went through and, and she handled it with such class and to hear now how she's such a role model to, to little girls and everything she's done with her son. It's just, it's really neat. Mm-hmm. Really neat. So, and I had so many, I, did you see me? I didn't act all excited and crazy. I had so many things I wanted to ask her. I could have talked to her for a long time as I'm sure you probably already know that. Yeah. So. I'm just glad we had the time we had with her. Yeah. Then if anybody's listening is like, oh, wait, why is Rob trying to wrap up? Uh, she said she had to go. I try to be respectful of the, you know, the guest yes. tells us how much time they have. Yes. And then we try to push it as far as we can uh, without them hanging up on us. Uh, and that's basically yeah. what goes on. Yeah. So and Rob has to pull me in. Rob has to pull me in because he knows I'll be like one more. Oh, okay. Well, one more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> T-Bird. T-Bird, this week on the podcast, we did our, we've been counting down all of the best Survivor seasons. We talked about the 38th best Survivor season as voted by the fans, Survivor Thailand. And our own David Bloomberg was talking about how the highlight of his entire trip was that he got to meet you at the finale and gave you a hug. You know what? I actually got a message from him this week that he had remembered that that happened because mm-hmm. I didn't know that and remember that happened. And I, I said, David, you have made my day. Cause you know what, Rob, it's so, it's so fun how other people can touch your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, you know, through the years. And I just remember little things that people 
did or said to me that really meant something to me. So if I hear from somebody else like David that that one thing meant a little bit of something, how can that not make your day? Mm-hmm. It just it and we need more of that. So it was really it was really neat that he that he told me that. So yeah, he was thinking yeah. of you. Okay, all right, Tiber, what's next for you? What else are you going on? I guess Stephen Fishback's next for me. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be fun. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if he's going to be up for it. He just has a new baby, also. Well, wait a minute. I thought you, I thought you guys were like on speed dial with each other. Talking yeah, that's all the why time. it would you're be actually- funny. That's why it would be a funny uh, podcast. Oh, oh, but but you're not going to say anything to him. I'm going to reach out like out of the blue. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. And by the way, we have to tell our RHAP listeners that. Because I think a lot of times people don't realize you don't have anything to do with it except that, except that you give me a list of names or if yeah. I bring a name to you, you'll either say yes or you'll say, uh, uh-uh, that's not going to work right. right now. We've got something. Okay. I won't go into that, but you know what? T Bird does, T okay. Bird does all the booking. If anybody, also all, any parts that people don't like about Rob as a podcast, those are also the parts that I don't do. <laughs> those are the two things. Booking, or if there's some other part that you don't like, that's one of the other parts that I don't do. I think Stephen would be it would be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you've added him to the list. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It might but be good anyway, to hear Kelly, some stories. Yeah. Well, you know, the first story we're going to have to address is how he was so in awe with Kelly, and then he went right behind her back and voted her out. Do you mm-hmm. think that was a strategy? After she saved his life. The, yeah. The, yeah, that I look up to you and, and you know. That's you how he, he sucked her in. Her? Yeah. I think it was. She didn't see it coming. That's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Come on, Steven. Yeah, we'll have to address that with him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. All right. T-Bird Cooper is on Twitter. Uh, a- a- anything else you want to let people know? You already know how you're going to market this one? I, I already marketed. Okay. You already got it. All right. Already marketed. Already got it. Okay. But thanks for the help. But thank you for the help, you and Glenn. Thank you for the help on the one with Julie Berry. Yeah, didn't help me one bit. I yes. had to go off on my own with that one. Yeah, T Bird, you did. Even though Glenn said don't do it, that you you still you you went out on your own. Okay, well that is that's kind of how it happened. But so usually, so usually, Rob, just let me tell you this: whenever we talk about the guests and we line them up right away, I'm trying to think what can I do, what can I do. Well, that was the first thing that came to my mind with Julie Berry. And then I ran it past Glenn. Of course, he said no. So I actually got my daughter to go with me and do it. And I said, Ellie, Glenn said, I can't do this, but let's just do it. And I'll hopefully he'll approve it. And he did approve it. It was approved before I okay, posted it. Okay, you showed it to him. All right. That, well, good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so thank you. Daughter! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? What was what? that that's bryce i have a bryce on the soundboard do it again you like that okay (laughs) i love that all right i love that that's we will be back with more with more talking with t-bird of course of course uh, we're also counting down the survivor seasons as well over at robinswebsite.com anything else you want to say t-bird no just send me those suggestions yeah send them in all right. We could not do it without the support of the patrons of Rob's Podcast. Uh, get our patron podcast feed and everything else we're doing at robiswebsite.com slash patron. And uh, T-Bird, you are in luck today because I have an updated 
outro song here from Murph today. You ready for this? Oh my gosh! Yes, y'all. This is a surprise. I okay. did not know this. It just came I did in. Not know this. Okay. All right. Uh, take it away, Murph. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. T-Bird are here today to talk to those who've played the game from Borneo to Kagiyan. We'll find out what went right or wrong on Survivor. Talking with T-Bird.